Hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow. Welcome to another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, it's my pleasure to be interviewing Jason Yarusi. How are you doing today, Jason? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Kamloops, British Columbia, Canada. Where are you calling in from today? Wonderful New Jersey. Awesome. Which, uh, we're having sun today too, which will take anything right now besides <laughs> the rain. Exactly. It's been a long, long winter. So Jason, Jason is a, an accomplished real estate entrepreneur in his own right. He focuses on multifamily properties with his lovely wife, Peely. They have over 200 units in their portfolio and growing, and they focus primarily on the New Jersey market. So Jason, really looking forward to having a quick chat with you today, a little bit about what you're up to and, and what your big takeaways have been when it comes to real estate investing. But let's get started first with, let's tell us, because it sounds like you're kind of a world traveler. How did you get dialed into real estate and real estate investing? You know, things happen in their own, in their own way, as you can imagine, right? And so, yeah. so you figure out, you, you figure a course for your life, and then life figures a course for you. So <laughs> I do. Yes, it does. Yeah, exactly. So Peely and I met working in New York City. So Peely's from Hawaii. Crazy enough, they call New Jersey Hawaii of the East, or at least I tell her. And for that, we. <laughs> We, we met in New York City uh, some about 18 years ago now, or actually almost maybe 16 years ago now. Let's not get that wrong, right? Met running bars and lived that life for a while, and we both had separate lives. And she moved away and then came back to New York City, and we um, became a couple and got married, and things went that direction. But in that meantime, here in New Jersey, uh, my dad has a heavy construction business. He has a very core focus of lifting, moving buildings. Happens a lot in Canada, too. You guys lift and move a lot of buildings up there, a lot of big players. We do it a lot here for flooding reasons. Back in 2013, 2012, 2013, we had Hurricane Sandy, which decimated the East Coast. When that happened, my father's business got so overwhelmed based on just the, the need to be able to go out and help people, just the incoming calls coming in, and just going from you know, 12, 13 lifts a year to over 100, wow. that my brother and myself, we came out and started working for the family business really just to help him, help him push forward. Fast track there a couple years into that construction is a wonderful beast, but as, as anything, a lot of these activities where it's laborious, if you're not doing something, you're not making money. So looking at just the complexity of this business and the overhead, the insurances and everything, and just we could have worked 24, 25, 26 hours a day if it allotted us seven days a week with all the work to help owners. And we're still busy doing that. But we wanted to find some passivity in our life, mm -hmm. just find another option for ourselves to be able to do something where if I wasn't out there working Saturday, Sunday, every day that I still had an option to be able to create wealth for our family and bring in cash flow. Of course, we started with flips and that just becomes just as active as just having another job as we were doing it. Then started learning about having some rentals, started doing some small rentals out of state and having these small rentals out of state and set up teamwork for them. I, I just had this this moment where I was like, well, if I can do this with a two and a three family out in Indiana, well, what's stopping me from usually these economies of scale and jumping to a hundred units? And that was the first start, learn those processes, find that way that we went from having, you know, a two unit, a three unit and jumping to our first large purchase was a 94 unit. Wow. That is a big jump. Holy smokes. So you've kind of touched on it, but why do you like, or why do you focus on larger multifamily properties versus flips versus smaller multifamilies versus the, the gazillion other ways people do real estate investing. 
Sure. Yeah. And there's so many different options, right? And it just comes down to you get, you do have to have that focus after a while because you're, you're either going to be marginal at many or just really excel at one. So for us, just learning this process, large multifamily gives you the opportunity to have cash flow appreciation, debt pay down, depreciation, and tax benefits. It just there's so many different options that it, that's available to you with with buying multifamily. Now, if you look at large multifamily versus small multifamily, both have benefits. But if you say have a a two family, well, if one unit goes vacant, you're basically fifty percent occupied you only have one roof covering two units now or one HVAC possibly or maybe two covering two units. We're on a larger property. Now you have one roof that's maybe covering 30, 40, 50 units. With the larger properties, you can also treat them like a business. Whereas in a small property, if say you have a plumbing issue, well now you have to call that plumber. The plumber's got to run out, assess the issue, figure out the parts. If he doesn't have them, run to the store, run back, figure it out. And now you're just racking up these bills because you can't really afford afford to hire a proper staff. Well, having a large multifamily property, maybe in some markets over 65 units, in some markets over 100 units, you can afford to have a full-time leasing person, a full-time maintenance person, or even more that are afforded by the expenses of the property that's basically being paid by the rents of your tenants. And now when, it, when it, basically a moderate repair comes up, it can be handled in-house. So really your economies of scale scale that much greater compared to the smaller properties. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, it sounds like you did a lot of things right from the very get-go. And I mean, it's always 2020 hindsight, but knowing what you know now, is there anything you would have done differently? I would have pushed a little bit more to get quicker there. And and so the, the thing that I, I feel that people should do listening is that find people that are doing successfully what you want to do, right? And so could I have made this jump on my own, not surrounding myself with like-minded people? Sure. But would, would have the learning curve have been a lot greater and would have taken me a lot longer? Sure. Yes, it would. But to be able to find people that are doing what you want to do successfully and seeing how you can help them, but also having them in your corner where you can ask them these questions that, that can help you along the way. And sometimes the questions aren't even big questions. They may be questions that are so small in the picture, but to you at that, that particular moment, they're giant, right? They're these giant questions you don't know the answer to, and they, they can stop your momentum where if you look back on those questions, maybe a year or two years later, they're, they're so minimal in your step that if you didn't have that person on the side, they could just say, Oh, it's not a big deal. Here's the answer. It, it would propel you to a complete different track and kind of set you off from your, from your ultimate goal. Yeah. Again, I think a lot of people have that challenge of just finding that focus in the first place. There's so many options out there. There's so many people doing so many different things and they all look fun and exciting and, and sexy. So, yeah, I know you work with people and you guys run a really big meetup group in New Jersey. So what, what kind of advice do you give to newbies on how do they get that focus in the first place? Because that's a big challenge I've seen, at least with people, myself included at times. And me too, right? Shiny objects where, you know, you're all over the place. Okay, are we doing tax liens? Are we doing flips? Are we doing wholesales? Are we doing lease options? Are we doing Airbnbs? And that's just a big thing, right? And we wanted to have our, our meetup focused specifically on multifamily. But even within the multifamily space, you have people that, you know, are they focusing on here in New Jersey? Are they in Oklahoma? Are they focusing on 10 units? Are they focusing on 30 units? Are they trying to wholesale apartment buildings? And my advice to them is that you don't know what you don't know. So find something that you like and just that you think you like and give it six months. If you want to focus on the Oklahoma market, okay, dive in and be all in on Oklahoma, be the king or queen of Oklahoma, find the submarkets you work in. If you want to focus on 30 units, go after 30 units, go after all those and make that work. Within six months, if you don't like that, well, pivot. 
you, you don't realize how quick six months goes, but right now, if you're going to focus on nothing, well, six months is going to fly by and you're really not going to accomplish anything. At least at the end of six months, you'll either be well ahead in the game or find out what you don't like, either which right. way will help you along your journey. So when people think like, I mean, that, that was a huge jump that you took from focusing on duplexes and triplexes and whatnot out of state to jumping into your first really big deal. I think you said 95 units. Is that right? Uh, 94. Correct. Well, yeah. pretty close. <laughs> it's significantly bigger than a triplex. So how did you just like, because most people think of the holy crap. That's like, how do you make that leap? So how do you make that leap? mentally and then also financially i mean where did you did you and the family have really deep pockets did you work with joint venture partners investor partners did you syndicate how did you jump in how did you make that leap from small to big so fast well you're absolutely right it was first the mindset right that's the first thing that to tell myself i can do that and when you realize it's just more zeros and it actually gets easier the larger you go right just as we spoke about the economies of scale also from a lender perspective well lenders are looking at these properties like a build as as a business as well right so they want to make sure that the property can sustain itself and then now look at jason as as a as the general partner on the project and make sure that he's of course you know he has at least some track record whether it be in business or other and then beyond that he's not a bad actor you know doesn't have bankruptcies or other things in the past but if i'm looking at a two unit or even a single family home now it's all about me it's all about right. my tax returns it's all about me you know and it's more difficult for me to go out and buy you know my own personal residence than it is for me to buy a 94 unit just based on now property is being focused on instead of me and wanting to know okay how many kids i have you know what my car payments are and all these ridiculous things and all these ridiculous right. things that are endless and so it sounds like you've got as much of a financial proctology exam for financing in the states as we do up here in canada it's it's we a nightmare. sure do yeah we sure do and it's endless right depending on some lenders it's even more but yeah, yeah it's absolutely right and we do syndicate in our deals which means that we pull resources from a group of investors so we can all benefit from buying large properties and benefit from the economies of scale so generally we act as a general partnership and we bring on limited partners we do invest in our deals as well but we have limited partners who will bring in money that will cover the down payment fees, capital expenditures, closing costs. And then we'll partner that, all that equity with some kind of debt structure based on the property. Makes sense. Very good. Now that must've been quite a learning curve if you hadn't done it before. I mean, doing your first syndication must've been kind of a, a big deal. So I imagine you got some help or some coaching or some guidance along the way about that. Yeah, absolutely. Again, yeah. yeah found partners that were, that were doing it and just being able to piggyback on seeing how they've done it on other projects and other properties and then also getting the right partners just on your team right you get a closing attorney in the state you have a cpa that's relegated with syndications and others then you get a, a syndication attorney that can handle all your paperwork finding the right property manager and the right broker relationships and that's all a part of the process is that we we do it at a point where when we're going out there to to buy multifamily we basically learn what we're doing first, learn the terms, learn how to underwrite properties. Then we find the market. Then now we start making our relationships and building our team, start finding you know, our banks, start finding our brokers, start finding all of our property managers, our insurance partners. After we've done all that, then we start offering on properties. And we actually, and the one part is even starting to have an investor talks. We'll do that before finding the property. Yeah, that's, that's very good. Very good idea. Instead of scrambling after the fact to find the money. Yeah. 
because you don't want to be desperate. You want to find a good opportunity that people can be with you. You don't want to find the opportunity and then need the money because these are great opportunities if you find a good thing, but you want to see and be able to help people along with their financial journey, not need the money because you have a closing date that's looming on you 20 days out. I've been there, man. I, I know that pain. It's no fun. No fun whatsoever. Awesome stuff, Jason. Well, I, as usual, I've gone, gone off on a little bit of a tangent. So thanks for, thanks for going along on that trip with me, man. Now, when it comes to, you, you sound like a very sharp guy. So when it comes to real estate investing. my wife down. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to real estate investing, we've all got what Kiyosaki calls our unfair advantages. So what would you say is your unfair advantage or your superpower when it comes to real estate investing? I'm probably more stubborn than most people. And that comes yeah. from, you know, being surrounded by a bunch of Italians that I'll hear no 6,000 times, but no, there's a yes somewhere <laughs> and that goes with everything. And so my, yes. employees, they all know that they'll keep saying, well, they said, no, well, I said, well, just keep asking because sooner or later that no becomes a yes. You just got to find the right way to ask it or the right person to ask it to. Very good advice. The other part of the question was, you know, for those of us that suck at getting no's and, and aren't very persistent after that what would you suggest would be a kind of a good way to get over that and get, I mean, you grew up in a family where it sounds like that's part of your DNA, but for the rest of us, what would you suggest to get better at that? Well, no one likes rejection, right? And yeah. again, like it's, it's on anything. It, let's just say, okay, let's talk about raising money, right? You're going to go out there and get told no a bunch because really you're not good at what you're doing, the way you're presenting it or even talking about it or learn those points, but you need those no's to be able to understand what the yes looks like and to appreciate the yes. And like, you know, if the sun never came up, you would never know how great it is to have the sun out. So for us to, to be able to go out there and have those talk tracks, we can learn how to talk to investors, how to make this a better opportunity to them, how to pre present them. And those no's come along with great questions that we can reform our conversation for the future. So talking with brokers, like everybody started somewhere. And, and I think some of the hard points, even when going to these big properties, well, how am I going to talk to you know, a person and raise money from if I haven't done this before? Well, how am I going to talk to a broker who's got, you know, they, they sold a hundred million dollars of property? Well, did they always from day one out of the womb sell a hundred million dollars worth of property? No, they started somewhere, you know, probably in the same sheet, you know, as some junior broker or junior assistant worked them, worked their way up. And now here, here they are. So it's being respectful with their time, being, being spot on with being specific, what you want that really helps you along the way. I find that you get a lot of no's if you go in there and just say, Hey, I want to buy large multifamily. Well, that means nothing. You know, mm -hmm. the brokers say, well, okay, great. I don't know what that means. What, what does that mean? New construction, this, but if you go in there and say, I want to buy BC assets, 75 to hundred units in the South central submarket of Louisville built in 1970 to 2000 garden style construction. That's my focus. Well, now the broker is going to say, gotcha. Okay, cool. Let me see what I have. Right. Now you have a much better talk. And it, it shows them that you know what the heck you're talking about as well. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Very, very and engage with the conversation. You'll get a lot more yeses if you're specific. Good point. Good, good advice there. So Jason, we're wrapping up here. We've got a couple of minutes. I know that you and, and your wife, Peely, also offer coaching and assistance for people that want to get into multifamily investing. If somebody wants to find out more about you guys and what you're up to, what should they do? Where should they go? They can go to our website, Yarusi Holdings, Y-A-R-U-S-I Holdings.com. On there's a, a link to meet Jason and Peely. You can schedule a call with us and we can talk about your multifamily goals and see if things align. That sounds good. And do you have any, any resources or anything like that for folks that are interested in kind of dipping their toe in and finding out a little bit more about you? Has you got some stuff on the site as well? 
You got, I know you got a podcast as well, so they can listen to that too, right? Sure, yeah, the, the podcast with my wife, and so you get a lot more content from me. I just, I just, or from her, I just stand there and uh, give thumbs up. But it's the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. Also, podcasts like yourself. I mean, we're in a world now where there's just so much information, right, that you can get on and, and you know, in the car ride or, or sit there, you know, I don't know, on, on the subway or do, wherever you're going, you can have access to all these resources where before you had to go search out this people to be able to give this or find books. When now you have everything you know on your phone so there's just so many resources out there where you can dial in just as we've both said don't get lost in the shiny object syndrome of having nine thousand points you know find your focus with with a podcast and then go out there and try it and see for the six months like you said that's very good advice yeah, yeah that was that's good stuff all right so just in the last 30 seconds or so any actionable tip besides you know give it a, give it a good shot any action other actionable tip to leave people with if they're interested in, in multifamily investing. Give yourself three action items and go out there and do it. Whether that's, you know, find your focus, make five calls and go out there and make an offer. And if you do this, you know, if you make an offer, you can always say no. You can always not go on that point. I promise you, no one's going to take your dog or something if you go out there and make an offer. There's not something magical that's going to happen. People get fearful of the ends of this. Yeah. Go out there and take action. You'll find that it will make it so much easier the next time you take action. But that first time can be really tough. Awesome, my friend. Well, very nice meeting you. Thank you very much for your insight and your wisdom on this uh, podcast. Really appreciate it, Jason. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, everybody. Take care. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.